Hey traders, David Frost, my strategic forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Tuesday, May 24, 2022. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? We have interesting stuff on the docket today from what the tape or the storyline is trying to tell us. Don't be surprised if we see a follow-through day, a rally day on Wednesday, I'm going to pick the whole thing apart. I'm going to show you the case study of why that is actually on the board, on the docket. And I'm going to also show you from where that developed today and why. We're going to take a look at exactly what the market did today, and we're going to call it a garden variety retracement. We're looking at the daily chart. Obviously, we want to do the normal assessment of the daily chart, but it's pretty simple. They're in a downtrend. The trend is your friend, and you know the rest. We have another tail low from Friday. Doesn't mean that low is going to hold. The market continues to have pressure to the downside or in the southern direction, but there will be bounces along the way. At one point or other, and multiple times, Throughout these bear markets, you will get a rip-your-face-off rally that goes higher than you might think that it would initially. The awareness is you have to be on guard for those. They come out of nowhere. They're fast and furious. Let's drill down on the daily chart assessment, and we're going to look at the tail candle from Friday, which is the 20th. And today, we can see earlier in the day, they took a dip down. They went on a normal garden variety retracement, and that's even going to become more clear when I show you something different on another chart also is found inside the numbers from an intraday perspective. They bounced off of it, and while they didn't finish positive on the day, they finished well on the day. They finished well off the lows. That's not a bearish sign. That's necessarily a bullish sign after a normal garden variety retracement. What else have we talked about, like for example, yesterday? We talked about the fact that they wanna climb up these big breakdown candles. They started yesterday, they fell down today in what we like to call a shakeout operation. Who did they shake out? They shook out yesterday's Johnny-come-latelys. The folks that jumped on the market after it was already up they got the rug pulled out this morning. As soon as they were cleaned out, the market was able to turn around and go back in the northern direction. That's just the way these things work. You'll see some important numbers on the board when we get there. One of them is 394. The market closed today, 393.97. No accidents or coincidences. Case in point, we're drilling down to a 10-minute chart. Right of the vertical is today's activity. So over here on the left is the low from Friday. Over here is the high from yesterday. When the market puts in a definitive low, and then it puts in a definitive high, under normal market conditions, unless it's going to make a new low, or they quickly turn around and continue higher, unless one of those two things happen, it's going to make a normal garden variety retracement. A 618 retracement, which happened today, is in the camp of normal garden variety. Now, I teach this in the course, Lazy E-Mini Trader, and it's not as easy as it looks. 
They're not all, meaning they, the pivots, are not all taken from the same place, but these two pivots we use today were certainly bona fide pivots. Now, let's have a little bit of a different discussion, which we'll see inside the numbers, but the question is, how do you know that they're going to make a 618 retracement? How do you know it's not going to be a 50% or a 382 or a 75 or a 786 or whatever the number is that comes stock out of these programs? I'm just rounding for rounding purposes. And the answer is, the short answer is you don't, but that's where we put in the other stuff that comes out of the course, Lazy E-mini Trader, where we get a full stack of information. So I didn't have a full stack at the 618, but I did have at least a semi-stack. I had something interesting at around the 7.5 retrace, maybe 7.86 retrace. It's in that neighborhood down around 385, down around maybe a spike of 385, or just coming up short. And here's what it was. I'm going to show it to you in black and white. I look over here to the left, and I see this one tail candle right there. And it happens to come up to where that retracement is right now. Now, that tail candle happened long before the retracement. Why is that? Because it happened way back here on the 20th, and then the pivot high wasn't put in until yesterday. So this pivot high here is the market's way of telling us that that number, that price, wherever that spike up to was, is important. So where is it to? The high is 384.82. So I'm rounding it to 385 for argument's sake. I know because I've done the work in the pre-market that the 75 or 786 retracement is underneath 385. So now I've got two reasons under my belt that 385, give or take, now sometimes they come up short, sometimes they spike them through, but somewhere around 385 was really a premium spot that I was willing to take a trade if the market was all the way down there. Now that was after a different attempt earlier. We'll get into that when we see inside the numbers. We always take a look at the good, the bad, and the ugly we're an open book system. Real quick, I'll give you an example of what would have helped the cause for a full stack down at that 385 give or take spot. Think about this. You have a normal garden variety retracement. The market early in the morning is already stretched to the point where it's down a lot on the day. You could be expecting some kind of a snapback, but that's not part of the stack. That's just in the back of your mind. That's the awareness stuff. In addition to the normal retracement, you have that pivot high we talked about, so that becomes essentially a former breakout area in my mind. They made an attempt to break out, slightly rejected, made another attempt. That is a breakout area from a short-term perspective. It's not off a weekly chart. It's off an intraday chart. You should find support if there's another reason or two or three creating that full stack situation. So let's say we had the retracement, we had the breakout area, let's say we had the market coming down on time. Well, there you begin to have a full stack, you have a trade back in the other direction. It didn't happen, but I want you to understand my mindset, what I'm looking for, and why I would take a certain trade at a certain spot. This was a good example for learning purposes. Kind of boiled down to a hypothetical example, but nevertheless, it's a good one for learning purposes. 
Now let's get inside the numbers. We're going to run through the commentary. We'll point out a few important things. We'll circle back to stocks on the move and move on from there. It was Turnaround Tuesday. We have a give back of yesterday's rally. We're already familiar with some of the pre-rally numbers. So they come from yesterday. In last night's video, we discussed 394. And if below, the rally is on hold. So guess what? They got below 394. They went down a lot more during the trading day. And then, ironically enough, and by the way, there are no accidents nor coincidences, so there's no irony either. I say that tongue-in-cheek. They finished the day right around 394. What does that tell you? Tells me that number's magnetic, and if they recapture it and get back above, there's a rally in the near term. So then, below 394, we have 392 and a quarter. That's an important spot. And then we have a gap at 389.60. Now, let's get our faculties back. We're looking at a five-minute chart. Right of the vertical is today's activity. The two lines on the screen are 392 and a quarter, 389.60. 389.60 represents the gap left open from yesterday. Let's give or take a couple of pennies. 392.25 represents an important spot that if below 394, they have to stay above that in order to get anything going on the upside. Below that opens the door for 389.60, the gap, or lower, which it did happen to go lower. Now, what you'll see later in the notes is I took a crack at 389.60, and it was a reasonable crack, but I knew that if they started getting below it really opened the door all the way down to that, and I explained why just now. I didn't do the whole thing inside the numbers. I just said it opens the door down to 385, give or take, and that was my whole thesis. I didn't want to be in a trade and ride it all the way down there, figuring if they got down there, there's another trade. So I ended up getting stopped out or stopping myself out of the 389.60 buy area, they never went all the way down to the area I wanted to buy them again, but that doesn't mean there's not another trade around the corner. Stay tuned. We're going to go through the rest of the commentary. Even at zero dark 30, if we see a flip around, the first order of business would be to get above and stay above 394. So you see already at zero dark 30, 394 comes up over and over and over again, and then we finish the day three pennies under, 394, and then what happens? Well, maybe they leave it open for the thieves in the night to do some damage in either direction. They leave you guessing around 394. So at 9.15, 15 minutes before the opening bell, 392.25 is our early and short-term pivot. It's the beginning of the gateway to fill the gap down south. Not necessarily all at once, but it's the start. 394 is the gateway to the rescue operation. As you can see in the first few five-minute candles of the day, they tried to recapture the pivot, 392.25. They couldn't do it, and therefore they went down to fill the gap and went lower. So let's move on a little bit. Pause the video, read the notes, go back to the chart to double-check the work. On the way down, I was able to identify another number I thought would be short-term support. 391.21, I was a buyer at the gap at 389.60. 391.21, new chart. Let's re-get our faculties. Right of the vertical, still today's activity. This is a three-minute chart, and what the top line is now is at 391.21, and what you can see is the market did come down to that spot and did bounce. The low in this candle is 
391.20, and they bounced up to a high of 392.26. So if you do the normal garden variety math, that's about 10 S&P handles. Doesn't look like it on this chart, but that's what it was. We're moving along. Again, I wasn't a buyer, just citing that it was likely support. So here's where I say the gap is an opportunity on the long side. I'm in the camp. They're going to bounce off the gap, maybe short of it, maybe spike it a little bit. However, they didn't do that. They went lower. They stayed down for a while. And I stopped myself out because I knew in the back of my mind and the front of my mind that that other number down at 385 was, as we say in the technical parlance, lurking. So here we go, just a few minutes later, it's not the trade I had in mind, they're breaking lower and it's not working, I'm cutting my risk and getting out. So when the thing doesn't do what I think it's going to do in a reasonable period of time, and I see something else developing, I just want to cut and run, reevaluate, you're not going to win every trade, I'd rather take a small loss than a big loss, and I can get in on another trade or a lower price, that's the way I look at it, you have to be able to take a loss when the thing isn't doing what the thing was supposed to do. Moving along. Read the notes, go back to the chart to double check the work. You got the crux of what was going on. So I'm looking for 385. They didn't do it. Over lunchtime, they did the flip around thing. The time I came back, I was on break. I had to go to an appointment away from the screens. They retested the 392.25, which was the pivot. Here you go. Check out the test of the pivot around midday right here. They couldn't get above or stay above for very long other than a few seconds, and guess what? Because of that, they ended up coming back down. Not an easy tape to trade. But what happens in the afternoon once they did get above the pivot, 392 and a quarter? They went to where? 394. Why? Because it's magnetic, it's important, and that's the way the market works. Again, no accident or coincidences on this five-minute chart. It shows the close at 394 to the penny, including aftermarket activity still around 394. That spot is important. That spot will play a role on Wednesday. Either they're going to be above it and rallying, or they're going to open below it, and there's going to be a different kind of market on our hands. We're moving along. Pause the video. Read the notes, go back to the chart to double check the work. They start pushing above 392.50, the door will open for 394. That happened. Here's the thing where I showed inside the numbers what I was thinking in terms of a normal garden variety retracement. This is after the fact, not what I was looking for early in the morning, but after the fact. They already did it, they stopped at the 618, they bounced away. You take a look at the longer term charts and you kind of see. The writing is on the wall. Unless they fail coming into tomorrow, we're going to see a rally. It's unlikely they're just hanging around still at 394. It's too important. So in addition to the commentary earlier, I'm saying here's another way to look at the tape. And I posted the chart. I know some folks like that. Same routine. You got the same numbers over and over and over again all day long. Until they're above 394, there was no need to talk about anything else. And here we go, around 226, they've either spent the entire day eating time off the clock in a bearish, flaggish pattern, getting ready for another move lower. And this is what I was looking at. It's the hourly chart, and I'm looking at it down here before they rallied into the close, looking at this saying, 
well, it's either a bearish flag or a bearish wedge pattern. It's going to do this unless they can get above what? The breakdown candle high. What did they do by the close? They got above the breakdown candle high. Funny how that works. So if they can get above the breakdown candle high, then they have done a garden variety retracement, including a turnaround Tuesday shakeout operation. And that was basically the ball game from a commentary perspective. Stocks on the move. We're going to take a look at big, not Facebook. It didn't hit its entry objective. We will look at Roku, TTD, which is the trade desk, and Snapchat. We're going to start with Roku. This turned out to be a shit burger, and the reason is the numbers were too far apart. They didn't have enough time to get back and recover, and that was really, at the end of the day, nothing other than my fault. They were too far apart. In hindsight, I learned my lesson. There was nothing in between, and I should have left it off the board. Nobody wants to hear that, but I'm an open book situation. I have to do the assessment on all trades after the fact, specifically the losing ones. I have to understand what went wrong, if there's anything I could do differently that went wrong. And this one, I think the numbers, the spread uh, between the two levels, one and two, were too far apart. That was the issue. Time ran out on the clock. Plus, it got stopped out. It was a shitburger, period. Snapchat, same routine. Finally came into the third price and starts to bounce, ran out of time on the clock. Likely will recover over the next couple of days. Sometimes when we get these stocks that are down 35, 45%, whatever it is, we usually get one of these nice big rip-roar and rallies. This one was in melt-away mode. How about the trade desk? Now, this one looks like a debacle, but it was far from a debacle. Jordan got this one in the room. The first level was off the table. It was a no trade. They opened below. So this is a one-minute chart. Comes into the second and the third, which was a zone. They were close together, unlike the other one. And bounced back up, providing the base hit, the minimum required base hit, and then some. Gave about 2% from average entry to the high. Then when it comes back down, you're out of the trade because you don't want to be in it after a profit. So we don't care what it does the rest of the day. So this one was still a winner, as was Big Lots. As you can see, it opened below the first price. It's off the board. It's a no trade at that price. We only want to look at the next price down, 25.35. They come into it. They rip back up to the other price, providing more than the minimum required base hit. You're pulling into second base with a stand-up double. What do we got going over in camp IWM? Well, we got that all the same market situation going, so all the indices are going to trade together, not to the same magnitude, but certainly in the same directional formation. We have a little bit of another higher low situation going on. So we have a low, higher low, another higher low, and we're in a different position on the chart still. So this one still has that ABC situation possibility brewing. A leg up. This is all corrective, by the way. B leg down. And C leg completes above the high of the A leg. Again, this is all corrective stuff. Even if the market bounces up for a couple of weeks, there's going to be another leg lower. We're just analyzing the chart now. When you just take a snapshot of what's going on over the last several days in this zone here, and you forget about all this other stuff this way and where the market has come from, if you just look at this in isolation, 
This is a bullish formation. Like it or not, it is what it is. It's a bullish formation. What about the folks down at the transportation department? Same routine. They did the normal garden variety retracement we discussed on the SPY. They did the same routine here. Took back off to the upside. They didn't finish positive on the day. They finished down a lot on the day. But again, it's got hope. Hope is not a strategy. I'm not saying by the transports. But if all the markets are going to rally, the transports will rally right along with it. How high they can climb up this tremendous breakdown candle remains a mystery. I'm not thinking they're going to get to the top anytime soon. The market will probably crap out before they get there. But nevertheless, we have to be aware of the setup on each individual chart. All charts act and react the same way, but independent from one another. We don't correlate markets. We just look at a chart and analyze that chart. Remember, we're the umpire calling balls and strikes. The Q people, the folks out in Silicon Valley, Austin, Texas, wherever else they are. High or low, that's about all they have to hang their hat on right now in the Qs. And here's the other side, and this goes for all the markets. You go below Friday's low and there's a whole new leg lower underway. I just want to make sure that people don't misunderstand what I'm saying. I'm not saying I'm bullish the market's doing this. I'm not bearish the market's doing this. I'm just saying this is what the setup is. This is what it looks like. If they get below Friday's low, it's going to be kill the tape. If this potential setup or this bullish setup on some of these charts takes hold, there's another leg higher coming to relieve some of this quote-unquote, and I hate this term, oversold condition, relief rally, short squeeze, pie in the face, rip your face off rally. All these things happen in the middle of a bear market. The market just doesn't collapse all at once. It goes lower, it rallies. It goes lower than it was before, and it rallies again. Does this look familiar? And we do this all the time. Market does this. It goes down, retraces, goes down, retraces goes down, retraces. Same thing on the way up. Goes up, retraces. This is a pullback. By the dip crowd steps in, they go higher. Retracement, by the dip crowd steps in, they go higher. This is the same thing flipped on its head. The bear market provides just as many opportunities, if not more, as a bull market. You have to be on the right side, obviously, and more than ever, you need to know your numbers. In a bull market, you can just buy indiscriminately, and eventually, within a day or two or three, you're going to be right. Not so much in a bear market. doesn't work that way. You're going to shorten the hole, get a rip-your-face-off rally, pie in the face. You're going to try and buy the market when it looks like a low, and they're going to pull the rug out. That's indicative of a bear market, which is why it's all the more important you have to know your numbers. You have to have discipline. If you're going to overload one way or the other in a bear market, you're going to eventually lose. It's a sniper situation. Back to the cues. Can they get up and start climbing this breakdown candle? Well, that's the thing. They have to get above yesterday's high in order to get that on the board. The financials, not so bad. They're beating on or at least staying right underneath the 20-period moving average. If they can bust up over the 20-period moving average, it's not really the 20 that I'm looking at. It's all this stuff here. So the market tried to rally a number of times. It broke down and it tried to rally here, tried to rally here, tried to rally here. 
eventually it's either going to collapse down because this is a bearish pattern, or it's going to get above this area, which is a channel, and it's going to have another leg higher, at least to 35. We've talked about 35. The weekly chart, they're fighting the 100-week moving average. So that will come into play and will be more important at the end of the week on Friday's close. Smash mouth. Same routine. Below this low over here, which is from the 12th. Now keep in mind, this is Friday's low here. The 12th is the actual low. That's where the next leg lower gets underway. The question is, is this a pullback type of pattern? Is this a bullish wedge pattern that breaks up to the northern side or are they going to come down and break below the lows and have another leg lower? That's the question. Remains to be seen. Again, it's all the same market. So if the S&P's rallying, the Dow's rallying, the Q's are rallying, guess what? Smash Mouth is participating. And by the way, have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? Without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. We're pulling the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost. My strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.